Welcome, everybody. This is one of the cooler episodes, and I'm glad to be here this time. Last yeah. year, when we released, it was just Annie and her dad, and it was a cool episode, but this one's a little different. We're going to be sharing some scary stories, but this time they're going to be of my own life, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do some recommendations for mm-hmm. scary stories that you can watch movies about. So there's a really cool site that my mom sent me. I what was it called here? It's this junkie.com. Junkie.com. J U N K E E.com slash spooky indigenous movies. And there's a big list of movies of all sorts of cool stuff. There's a and one that I've seen on here that I do really like is called The Deadlands, and it's about pre contact Maori people. And it is hardcore. <laughs> Highly recommend that movie, The Deadlands. So if you're going to be doing a spooky movie night here this Halloween, <laughs> definitely check out The Deadlands and definitely check out this site, junkie.com. It's called A Huge List of Spooky Indigenous Movies to Watch Over Halloween. Yeah. And if you want to just generally love horror movies like I do, there is a streaming service called Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R. And it only streams horror movies. And one of the horror movies that I watched, which is on the list that you gave, is called Blood Quantum. Mm. And it's yeah. a um, it's about the dead coming back to life outside of an isolated um, Micmac reserve of Red Crow, which is in Canada. Um, and it talks about how the indigenous inhabitants there were immune to the zombie plague. So it kind of talks yeah. about like how... I want to watch this. It's a very, very, I mean, the acting is, you know, I think it's like limited budget. So, I mean, but the cinematography, the music, I mean, this to me was probably one of the better horror movies, but then I'm also biased because I think I touched base with the indigenous side as well. Um, But yeah, Blood Quantum, it was in 2019, but you could go to Shudder and watch it there, but it's also like you could rent it elsewhere, but I do Shudder. Um, but I'm also a big horror person. So okay, I wonder. I I use Voodoo a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's on there. Yeah. I'm sure. So if you Shutter, it, you'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. Shutter's like Netflix. So like once you pay for it, you don't have to like pay for the movies. Um, and it's just horror. Oh, okay. Like don't don't go in there expecting to find like a comedy or like a romance movie. You're not gonna find it. It's just strictly horror. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm looking at the the picture for the trailer and there's a guy on there with two braids and he looks like my uncle yeah it's crazy it's just such a good movie and you're just so it's gotta be legit yeah it's it's gotta be (laughs) yeah uh yeah that's just a it was a good one and it, it made me i mean we had talked about this before we started recording but how um how nice it is to see indigenous filmmakers um, stepping up into a predominantly non-Indigenous movie section and, and really showing that Indigenous people can have the capacity to be in this movie industry. Yeah. And be, be good producers, directors, actors, actresses. Like, it was just really good to kind of see that visibility. Yeah, I'm excited to see them get in the market and compete at a high mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Produce things that are better than their competition. Oh yeah, because that's that's exciting to me. Yeah, I actually I watch a YouTube show called Dead Meat. 
um, this guy does like horror movies. He does a kill count. Mm. Um, and so he mm. did this movie and it kind of encouraged me to watch it. And I was like, oh man, that's kind of cool that it was on this like really mainstream YouTube show. Um, and uh, definitely was interesting to see his perspective on it as a non-Indigenous white man um, and kind of how he took it versus how I took it as an Indigenous person. Um, so yeah, it was cool. I mean, I think now's the time to kind of support all of these movies or um i know that within our reservation here there's a couple people that are doing like horror um facebook live events um where they're like going to read a couple stories or something and and kind of i think indigenous stories during halloween are hmm. it's scary because a lot of it could be yeah, it's Very like your backyard. Though. It's your backyard, yeah. yeah. It's not this story that someone made up. Yeah. It's stories that our people have been telling for a long time. And a they time. often reference specific places that you've been to. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, I think that oh, yeah. definitely adds an extra layer of creepiness to mm-hmm. things, to, to the horror, the terror. That would be something... That's something that I'm really interested in is understanding the differences between horror, terror, and mm. scary. Thrillers. Yeah. yeah. Because I know there is a difference. Yeah, I think like horror is, so like thrillers are like psychological, I feel like. And then horror movies are more like graphic, gory, like saw, mm, okay. like zombie movies, like where they're really not afraid to like put out that really graphic kind of in-depth horror feel like that you do but then like thrillers to me are like the ones that are like the mind games that just like aren't openly like jason or freddy they're the ones that like are um make you think about your brain and kind of how is it your brain playing a trick or is it real life yeah but it's not necessarily scary yeah and then that gets me thinking of that word terror terrifying which is i think maybe it's a whole it's a whole new level it's more linked to our nature like Mm, the fight or flight response yeah like snakes i fly and not many movies do that very well i think induce terror uh yeah it's one of those things that i think it did that for me when i was a kid I do yeah. think that that's what it did for me. It was a, it was a much, much deeper level mm-hmm. here than just being creeped out or, or like the standard scary movie type of stuff. Yeah. And, and I like think terrorizes oh. you in your dreams. And- <laughs> Mine was probably like Anaconda with the one that with uh, Jennifer Lopez, just because I'm oh, yeah. extremely terrified of snakes and like yeah, those it's like ones. An, an, like an instinctual fear. Yeah. And it's you just like get it or like um i talked to you about the green inferno about oh, how yeah. uh that's another good one if you ever want to watch that it's very graphic it's about cannibals in the amazon um yeah that's man, probably a yeah. horror movie huh yeah very graphic yeah. um there's a funny scene that involves weed though um so it, it's a crazy it's a crazy crazy movie um i know it's banned in certain countries and it was banned i think in the united states for a while just for how graphic it was and in cannibals and um i definitely think that terror is a lot of 
individual based on on how you were raised or what your experiences were um so yeah i think terror could be like part of like biophilia you know where you're instinctively terrified of something and and maybe you don't inherently know why but Mm. it's there yeah clowns is definitely something it could be because of it that i got afraid of clowns because i Mm -hmm. watched it when i was pretty young but maybe i was already afraid of them before i don't know it could very it's the whole nature nurture stuff Mm -hmm. very likely it does have it's both where i learn it's a a bit of a learned fear but also there's something to be said about that it's that what's that called uh uh the uncanny valley you ever heard of that Mm -mm. where something is it it's real but it's it's not supposed to be real oh okay or it's like it's not real but it looks almost real but not not quite real and i think that's what where clowns and they mm. inhabit the un- uncanny, uncanny valley. They're one of the inhabitants of that valley. Yeah. And I think that's why, partially why so many people have that same fear. Mm-hmm. And it seems so ridiculous to be afraid right. of clowns, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then you have like- so that's another thing that's, I've heard that described as another thing that why people get creeped out by dolls, especially the porcelain ones is mm-hmm. they're, we know they're fake but they look real enough to trick our brain into being confused. And so yeah. but it's, it's that uncanny valley. It's creepy. Well, then you have like clowns and like dolls that are at like the forefront of movies, like um, Spalding, you know, like he's like a, got that clown face painted on and he's part of the trio that just goes around and doesn't care who they kill. And they freaking slaughter people. Oh, uh, like that. Is that the dude on house of a thousand corpses? House yeah. of a thousand corpses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that movie is crazy. So, yeah, you just inherently have all of these, like, where they should be, like, really good and, like, clowns and dolls. I mean, inherently they That's should be good. That's probably it, too, yeah. is, there, is they're supposed to be pure. Yeah, they're supposed to be, but then you just know. Yeah, and the fact that they, or, they have the potential to be evil makes mm-hmm. them even scarier, right? Because they're supposed yeah. to be this thing, but, yeah. Or like John John Wayne Gacy, he was a clown. Yeah. And that's how he got a lot of his victims. You know, I just think that there is, people will use the goodness that they find in the world and somehow turn it into whatever sadistic thing that they are going through. Yeah. That's definitely you know? what makes it seem so evil. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, he doesn't just eat people, he eats children. Children. And it's like the first death in the book is a yeah. child you know you're you're not expecting them to just go ahead and instantly kill a kid yeah the, the this new version the new the mm-hmm. re, the new it when i watched that one and little georgie mm-hmm. little got georgie. killed oh my gosh yeah that had a way bigger impact on me than the first one the old 90s mm-hmm. version or was mm-hmm. it 80s or whatever I think it was like, yeah, 90s. It, like that shit freaked me out and i like i think maybe also because i have a boy around the same age oh yeah so that's probably also it now whereas back then i didn't so yeah yeah, yeah well, clowns, I, actually, I was so heartbroken like oh poor george <laughs> yeah i don't know you just always feel like uh and there are also things that can easily lure in younger kids mm-hmm. you know i mean easy prey and, and it's just something that uh man, yeah that whole idea of tricking innocence mm-hmm. and luring innocence in like that and then doing something so bad and hurtful and violent mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh man. And yeah, in the old version, they didn't show him get his arm bitten off like that. Oh no, the new one. was graphic. so shocking. Yeah. It was very shocking for sure. Oh yeah. I like the new one. I, it's definitely more tied to the book. Um, but the book is, I think I, I, I have it on audible. It's like 40 hours. Whoa. It's such a, I should do that. I've, I've not really, re- I've only read one of Stephen King's books. There's mm-hmm. the dark tower. I think that's the name of it is the first, I'm pretty sure it's the very first book he ever published. Uh-huh. And it was the first series he ever published. And it's still, that's, it's like the same universe that he is like the beginning of this crazy universe that he created that where things like the shining exist, the th- things like it exists, things like um, pet cemetery stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this stuff exists in the same universe he's been slowly building for decades. It's so nuts, man. And what I like, like about a huge Steven, giant yeah. story. Exactly. Cool. And what I like about him is he's not he's not afraid to include indigenous perspectives in his stories. Yeah, a lot of his stories have that in there. For mm-hmm. sure. It was in the well, Pet Cemetery, yeah. Dreamcatcher. That's a Stephen King story. Yeah. Right? Dreamcatcher. It had some um yeah. native tribes in there. Uh yeah, I I think that he uses the story he didn't do poltergeist and, did he that was someone else wasn't it uh i think it was someone else yeah i, I don't think that was him. i'm gonna look at it he did like the shining yeah um some crazy crazy um stories he does even more than i don't even think i understand he's been yeah i didn't know I, the um that movie Shawshank Redemption has been one of my favorite movies since I was pretty young. I, I didn't know that he'd written that story for the longest time. I didn't know it was the same guy that wrote it. Jeez, I didn't. I yeah, I didn't know that either. I guess because yeah. I've never really seen that movie. Um, and, so I, I and the Green Mile also that that was later in life because that movie. Oh came God, out later. the Green Mile just fucking rips you from the start and then doesn't let you go until the end. Yeah. That's definitely a really good one. And yeah, my brother and I would watch Shawshank Redemption together. And it was like one of our favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It has Tom I, Hanks in it. Is it Tom Hanks? No, it's um, Robbins. Some, oh, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. Yeah. I think is his name. Okay. Andy Dufresne. It has Morgan <laughs> Freeman in it. Oh, okay. Plays Red. Yeah. I might have to watch that. I know it's one of those ones that you should probably watch. It's, one of those yeah, classics. It's, it's so yeah. good. And uh, yeah, it's, it, I, now that I do know it, it um, I, I truly believe that Stephen King is one of the best storytellers, not just of our time, mm-hmm. but of all time. He's like Edgar Allan Poe, where it's like a, a style of writing that is so unique to themselves. Yeah. You know, that is just so mind bottling to me that you could be that um, creative with your mind and still be able to produce something that is coherent mm-hmm. and that has a line and you follow the story and it uh, it's cool. Uh, I wish I could be half a writer like that. Yeah, it takes a lot of dedication and it's yeah. not, there's not really money. There's not a secret really. It's just, all it is, is just sitting down and writing, just mm-hmm. down and write every day. Even if it's for 10 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, you just keep on doing it and you will produce stuff and some of it will suck and some of it will be genius work. So that's the, that's every, like all the writers that I've looked at and studied, that's 
they pretty much all say the same thing. Like I didn't do anything special. Right. I wrote every day. Yeah. I mean, finding, I just, I also think that there's a, a certain person that can do that. Yeah. You also have to, yeah. Like, have to have some kind of drive to do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it's, we won't do it. Yeah, exactly. Cause so I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I have the drive quite to sit down and, and write like that for do, like but not, not that much. Yeah. It's a, like, cause that's, that's why he's the best. Cause that's what he became the best at. Mm-hmm. I'm good at a lot of different things, but I'm not the best at very many. I might be the best at one or two things maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's also, you have to touch base with the things that are like are around you. So like in pet cemetery, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but they talk about how um, it's a ancient native American burial ground that has a Wendigo that will then that's the form that it takes um, is the thing that is buried in the cemetery. Yeah. You know, so I just think that it's, it was really cool that he was able to bring in an indigenous legend that has not only been like Wendigos, but like their story of shapeshifters, their stories that don't even call them Wendigos, but they're kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think it's cool to bring an indigenous perspective, especially with horror. Um, because, you know, being the noble savage, you're always expected to only have stories tied to benefits of the land and relationships to the land, you know, but we've, these stories are so old that, um, man, terrifying. It's terrifying to see that. Yeah. And stories. there's a brutality that is ever present in nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're definitely captured in indigenous stories. Oh yeah. Sure. That's yeah, and uh, like like we were saying earlier, it's also potentially in your backyard too. So it's there's mm-hmm. a lot of layers why they seem scary, seem more scary. Yeah, that's why I've kind of been fascinated with legends and myths that weren't from here, and I've focused on indigenous stories from other places because it's terrifying to really think about what's in your backyard that you don't know about. Yeah, and that's a pretty common theme for American horror films. Is that native it was like that's why I thought of poltergeist because that was the whole thing, right? They built houses on top of a Indian right. burial ground. Yeah. And they so got pissed and <laughs> to terrorize this family with their TV. <laughs> right. Well then like when I think of Indian burial grounds, you know, I think of um Haskell. So Haskell had it was a huge wetlands that when it was a boarding school, kids would run away and never be seen from again. So a lot of them mm-hmm. people think that they died in those wetlands. And now there's a large traffic way that goes over it. Yeah. You know, or how we were talking about how um, our local church that's been around since the 1800s has a really deep history. And there's a random lot next to it that has bodies buried into it that just feels, feels different. It feels. And a lot of them don't have gravestones. And uh, they're just buried. And um, I remember when I was a kid, you could find some gravestones. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can find them anymore. They might be grown over by now. I think or so. Or fallen over. Because yeah. it it's wasn't ever that. maintained. And you were just, it was just kind of community knowledge. You don't go in there. Yeah. But of course, us little shit kids, we'd go in there and fuck around. <laughs> I only did, I can only remember doing that once. So, and yeah. I have an issue even looking at it. Like when I drive past that area, I'm just like, nope, I'm just going to focus and look to the left. 
because mm-hmm. I'm not looking at that area. Mm-hmm. It's just such a weird, weird thing. And I think local stories are so cool, but so terrifying. Yes. Speaking of local stories, let's go ahead and move so into that. Uh, so I have, when I was a kid, I used to crave like, man, how come I don't see ghosts? How come I don't have all this crazy stuff happen to me? And so I'd seek it out and try to like, I'd go in the woods, I'd go to places I knew were supposed to be haunted and things like that. And I'd look for stuff and I'd try to have experiences. Mm-hmm. Never found anything while I was looking. Yeah. Eventually though, I just kind of let it go and just live my life and stopped being so worried about having weird experiences and they came. And now that I think back and I've written down my stories, I realize, holy crap, I didn't really get what I wanted, but uh, you should be careful what you ask for. Right. Yeah. Careful what you seek out because it's not always what you're going to expect. So I'll tell one where that, I'll tell one story where that was just terrifying and the other one that was scary, but not really terrifying. So I didn't mean to interrupt you. What were you saying? Oh, no. I was just saying that I think that the, well, to touch on that, I think being scared is kind of like that adrenaline rush where Mm -hmm. you kind of like seek that out as like kind of like, uh, um, like jumping out of a plane, skydiving. You know, it's that in general in a rush that you know that you're okay, yet you still kind of get that good kick out of it. But being terrified is like draining of everything and just never wanting to experience that again. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good explanation, I think. I was telling you about this game Subnautica earlier, and that's what it does. When you experience these underwater creatures for the first time, (laughs) they usually don't kill you, but they Mm -hmm. induce terror. So you Mm -hmm. never want to go back there again. You're like, okay, I'm going to get out of here as soon as possible, and I'm not coming back to this part of the ocean. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling that I got from that versus like oh, yeah. uh, there's this other one called alien isolation and it's super jump scary. That kind mm-hmm. of thing where yeah. it really gets me jumping and like going doing that thing. Like I remember as a kid running up the stairs, you feel like something's following you and mm-hmm. you get that. that yeah, kind of and he's like, book it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of feeling I get from alien isolation, but that terror where you like you experience it and you don't ever want to experience it again. Mm-hmm. versus the other one where you eventually get numb to it the horror stuff yeah. and you could just and it's like ah, oh, this is scary but not as scary as it was before yeah which is like kind of how oh i know what i was gonna say yeah it's kind of like the things that you will hope and like really seek it and search for it but you never know what's out there mm-hmm. you know and i think that you're just assuming that it's gonna be this scared feeling and then you'll be fine um, but I, I know talking to people and, and you and your stories that when you are truly terrified, you're never going to want to go seek that out again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never I, went back yeah. to that field. Yeah. You're, you, I mean, it, and it's I've never even yeah. wanted to, it's, which is weird because I'm pretty curious and I've had other crazy experiences where I did want to go back and check it out. Mm-hmm. Not that one. Oh yeah. Like I'd, I'd a hundred percent go back to Haskell and try to hear those footprints. Mm-hmm. And like listen to those kids that I hear and that I heard in the building. But I, I don't think that I would, if I felt like it was something that was malevolent or truly wanted to do harm to me, I would never go back to try to figuring out what that is. Yeah. 
you know, but, but you just don't know what you're going to come up against, you know, especially when you're talking about something that necessarily isn't um, like cryptozoology, you know, I mean, it, it encompasses so many creatures and ghosts and um, monsters that, I don't know, it's kind of like uh, Godzilla. Uh, I, I think Godzilla, King of Monsters, is one of my favorite movies. And uh, they're all hidden. Like, one's in Antarctica and, like, a big ice wall. The other's in the ocean. Like, some are, like, randomly in, like, Wyoming where there's empty land. And you're just, like, what truly is out there? We probably don't know if they're that good at hiding it right now. Yeah, the ocean creeps me out for sure. Yeah. And, but it's also endlessly fascinating to me like i i get so excited when i hear about them discovering something new in the ocean or oh, when yeah. they finally filmed the giant squids i couldn't watch oh, enough of those those are so like, cool yeah even though it creeps me out big time mm-hmm. it's ter- terrifying to me be, to be in out on in the water where i when i can't see the bottom mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean it it touches on your fears of just uncertainty that is scary Uh, the ocean is scary for sure the weird thing though is i've heard like stories about survivors who who did their ship went down the ocean and they were Mm -hmm. stuck out there with nothing just floating yeah and seems to be consistent that the fear goes away and you get in when you go into survival mode and then you're just worried about the survival you're just worried about living and that fear that you had before it's Uh it doesn't have that same potency yeah it's always so, yeah. something like it's worse to walk up to the edge than it is to jump out of the plane. Mm, Once yeah. you're falling, yeah. it's beautiful. When, yeah. Cause you've already committed to your decision. And mm. I feel like whether or not it's forced or um, your own accord, I think that once that decision is made that you're just kind of, you know, that that's where you're going. Yeah. And I, and I think that's why it's uh for people that decide to um, kind of do like, really long hikes in like the Bob Marshall, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think that you're committed to whatever is happening, knowing that you're not close to any type of hospital or um, you're stepping away from civilization and, and you're kind of, yeah, it puts your mind in a different area. Like the, Oh God, what was that? Uh, the, Oh, what was the settlers that came over? The Donner Party. Donner Party. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, I yeah, think I've, that, uh, I've got that story seared into my memory. Yeah. How uh, they just decided to try to take a shortcut and fucked them over and then they ended up eating each other. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, Bad leadership yeah. can kill just as sure as a bullet can. Mm-hmm. Really. It's, it's, the wrong leaders in the wrong situation it's it's like you're doomed you might mm-hmm. as well line everyone up and execute them because you're you're fucked yeah so that's like and it's that survival situation and you can't if you got poor leadership that can't keep people together you will kill each other mm-hmm. in the most horrendous ways oh yeah i mean i just listened to that a little bit and it seems like such a scary situation to be in there because you are fully relying on other people. I mean, a lot of these people chose to follow the leadership. The leadership 
at that time didn't know what they were doing and just going off of hearsay, you know, about it was supposed to cut off what 30 days and it ended yeah, up like bad decisions, man. Bad and it decisions, wasn't either yeah. just one, it was like almost all these survival scenarios that I've studied. Mm-hmm. It's a series of decisions. Mm-hmm. Any one was made in wonder in another way, the, the mm-hmm. right way, it, it would have stopped the whole situation. Right. It's crazy. So yeah, that's just always like what I think about when I think about like these survival stories and what people come back and what they have to say about how adrenaline had really changed how they perceived their actions and how it's so easy for people to have their own survival and their own livelihood what they'd be willing to do to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's, you always hear these stories about cannibals and people crashing and eating everybody. You're like, I'll never do that until you're in that situation. And you're like, well, I don't know if I'm trying to live and this person's clearly not going to make it. You know, I don't, I don't know what anybody would do. Yeah. It's crazy. You ever seen that movie yeah. alive where those, that soccer team or that football team got, uh, they went down in the Andes mountains in a plane wreck. It's a oh, true story. And they maybe. made a movie about it back in the late eighties or early nineties or something. And that was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. And it's about really? them going down and eventually they run out of food and they cannibalize yeah. the people that have died. I just, yeah, I they think don't kill that, each yeah. other, but the people that died, they start eating their butts. Yeah. <laughs> eating their butts. Butt cheeks first. <laughs> Makes sense though. Was, yeah. Because everyone was faced. The down. fattiest part, yeah. Uh, and uh they're all frozen in in the snow. That mm-hmm. movie is so gnarly. Yeah. And, uh, what they did with the movie making, I, because there was no special super high class computers that could put together a sweet looking plane crash for them. They had to use <laughs> the movie magic. Yeah. And uh, it's a really good movie. I highly recommend it. And I've pretty much watched all the survival movies that have been made. It's, uh, it's, one, it's one of my first obsessions is survival skills and survival stories. Which survival is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever uh, seen that movie, Jeremiah Johnson? With, oh, yeah. Uh, what's the guy with the actor? Robert Redford. Is that his name? I think so. Yeah. 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 He, uh, they talk about that in that movie too. That's what ends up kind of the way they paint the story in the movie. That's what ends up getting his family killed because oh, okay. he helps he, when he guides those people through that barrier, burial ground, even though he knows he shouldn't mm-hmm. and he warns them, but he like just lets them go anyway. Instead of yeah. he goes with them mm-hmm. and then he gets back and like, and that was like when things get dark and that <laughs> he gets, goes on the hunt and then right. eventually he's all, he's just sitting there all pale faced and, eyes sunken and he's just lost his soul it seems like and he's oh. been hunting and killing these natives for like years and now he has like this legendary guy uh-huh. oh i love that movie so much too man i'm gonna have to fun. watch that again i haven't probably watched that in i don't know 15 years probably mm-hmm. and then uh and then the one of the most iconic scenes in film history in my opinion is when that old man he sees that old man that he first met I forget his name. He's he's all about hunting grizz. Kill them grizz. And he <laughs> runs into him after all those years. I don't know. And it's not clear whether he's hallucinating 
or if he if the old man was still alive and he really did see him but uh he runs into him again after all that shit and the old man says you've come far pilgrim <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> you've come far yeah man so yeah. yeah the oh man i really do love good movies just as much as i love good books they they have but it mm-hmm. does something different good books I think have such a deeper lasting impact I think so because too. you're so much more involved with it because especially a storybook, you're coming up with all the images you're coming up with the movie images in, in your head. So you're creating all the scenes and all that. And so it, I think that's why books have, why everyone always says the book was better because our imagine there's no way you can ever translate our imaginations onto a film screen, onto a TV screen. Right. Well, I think being indigenous people, we've grown up on listening to stories and like kind of making our own visuals because we've been oral traditions for so long. Mm. I mean, we're used to sitting around and listening to people. And one of my favorite things to do with my dad is listen to old radio classics because that's what Uh, he was raised on, you know, where they used to just sit around and listen to the radio. Um. Which, I don't know, inherently to me, listening or reading a story um, where you are able to make up your own, especially if it's a horror one, I mean, it's so much more scarier in my mind because it's my own terrors and my own fears. Mm-hmm. So it's very personalized to me. But if it's a movie, then it was just kind of like a very inherent, like, blank terror that's yeah. supposed to reach everybody. It's It's... It's weird though because they movies do something totally different, and it's yeah. I don't know if it's more or less valuable because in a, when you're doing watching movies, you don't on the other end of the spectrum you don't have to come up with the story yourself. Mm-hmm. You can just observe, and it's like plays. It's probably why people have loved plays and live performance for mm-hmm. so long. Is it's been one of the only ways where you can just chill and be entertained. Mm-hmm. Right. Versus if being a, when you're reading, it takes effort, and you're part of the entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I, I think that's a great point. I definitely feel like movies hold a, I guess, more of an entertainment. Where when I hear stories, I kind of think about more, more like values and kind of mm-hmm. how those play into my life versus the movies that are strictly there. Um to do a certain point, like to, to get a point across or to get an entertainment across. Um, Cause there are many movies that I'm terrified of, but I'm greatly more terrified by stories and, and yeah. personal interactions with those stories. But movies are fun. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think uh, like Sinister really, really messed me up. It was a mm. scary movie to me. Is that me. the one where that thing goes after the kids and yeah, gets one of the, the kids to kill its fam- their family? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. That that Yeah, that's one of the few movies that's come out over the last 10 or 20 years that I really definitely have fucked yeah. with me too. There was one of them where um, the kid, it was just like a quick flash and he was pushing the lawnmower over his family. Traumatized me. I have. Mm. I don't think that there was a point in a movie that I had felt more uncomfortable than that moment i was just 
my stomach was turning. I was scared. I thought about if that happened to me, how terrifying that would be. Um, but then there's, I think about stories and even listening to you, not even fully tell you, tell me that story that you're going to tell later on gave me chills. I didn't even hear the full thing, Hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Something about just stories and, and how you have feeling with that story. And I don't know, they get me. It's weird because it's a blessing and a curse. I don't ever want to have to experience that. It's really that one thing. There's been very few experiences that I don't cherish. And this is kind of one of them. It's it's a cool story, but that I would never want to face something like that ever again. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think, I yeah. felt like it was, re- I never really believed in that word evil until mm-hmm. that, until I experienced that. So. I think inherently we all need to experience something evil for us to know that we're not invincible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always thought just like people are just people and people do shitty things. Mm -hmm. It's in that any, anybody can do that and that there was no evil malevolent force that was ever involved with any of it. But sometimes you have shit happen and you can't explain it in any way that you're familiar with and it leaves you wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wondering. And um, so I'm excited to hear your story while I don't have personal stories of my own. I guess I haven't, I don't, I don't know why it hasn't happened to me. I have a couple of stories, but I mean, they're nothing. Well, you're still young. I'm still young. You never know. I'm a young 30. I'm a young, I don't, there's still 2020 lots to happen. Um, (laughs) what I do, I do have a story that I will share about, um, some Algonquin, uh, an Algonquin story that I think is probably terrifying to me. Um, and so I'm excited to hear uh, what you have to say and, and kind of listen to stories from our backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Should I say it now then? Might as well. So we are, we're going to move into our story time now. Mm -hmm. Story time on the Indian Science Show. So this story happened when I was, I believe I was 12. And I was at my cousin's house and there was a field next to her house, right past her backyard that had just long grass in it and it was kind of wintertime so there was crunchy snow on the ground and stuff and we're out there in the evening we're and running around with a flashlight playing hide and go seek tag and this is something we'd done before and so we're just out there as myself my little sister my cousin and her little brother and she's about my age so there was two of us older kids and then a couple a little kind of little kids little nine-year-old kids and then so we're running around playing and at a certain point, my cousin and I were hiding together and she, I noticed she was looking at the trees because next to the field, kind of running parallel to the field and away from her house, there's a big tree. It's like a big willow type tree and an old barn that looks like it's been there for a long time. Uh-huh. And so she was looking over there and I noticed and I looked over and I didn't really see what she was looking at. And so I asked her, I was like, what are you? What are you looking at? 
And she just was kind of silent for a second. And then she said, you see that? There's something up there moving. And I looked again and I, I didn't see anything. Uh-huh. And it was kind of twilight hours. So it was a little difficult to see. But I couldn't see anything. And she said, look, it's in the tree. There's something black in the tree and it's moving. And I didn't see anything. And I looked. I was trying to see what she saw. And I just kind of brushed it off and didn't think anything. I thought, oh, whatever. She's just seeing st- stuff. And not even five minutes later, the sun had just gone down and it was gotten pretty fairly dark where the flashlight was actually would ruin the person's night vision. So it kind of made it so you had to find them with a flashlight. Otherwise, it's hard to see and stuff. So it was, mm-hmm. it was it worked really well. And I was able to dodge out of the light and then ended up on the one end of the field where she had where we were when she'd seen that thing in the tree and they were on the other end of the field with a flashlight. And I was just sitting there with my stick, leaning on my stick, watching the flashlight and watching them run around. And that's when I heard footsteps right behind me. It was sounding like it was directly behind me and you could tell there were footsteps for sure because of the snow. You could hear the crunching, the And it was back, went back and forth behind me a couple of times. And right when I heard that, I was, I just kind of froze and I didn't even want to turn around and see it. I didn't want to know really what it was, but I heard footsteps right behind me. And then just a couple seconds after the footsteps, I heard breathing and the breathing is what got me running. Uh And till this very day, I, that that breathing, I've never heard anything like it. It, and the only way I know how to describe it is like they had a disease or something like they had emphysema or they were dying of lung cancer. Or it was like almost gurgly, like uh, like that, like just struggling to breathe in and then breathing out like. Uh, oh, yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. And, I, and when I heard that, I started running. I just ran as fast as I could and it mm-hmm. followed me. The crunching the followed me in the snow and the breathing and it was right in my ears and then the voices it was just whispers that I couldn't understand and there were multiple voices and they're right in my ears the whole time until I got close to the other kids uh-huh. and then it stopped all of a sudden when I got close but I kept running I run past them a little bit until I noticed that I was right continuing into the, back into the dark and I yeah. stopped and I broke down crying I just started crying and I don't know if I don't know if I've ever cried like that ever since because it was just uh, it was like a huge release of that that energy that had built up while I was running and Uh um, till this very day I've not gone back to that field and when we when they found out what had happened we they got creeped out and we left the opposite way Uh and went all the way around the field and it's it's weird because it wasn't out in the country or anything. It was right in the middle of town, right in the middle of Polson. And mm-hmm. some of you people here in Polson, if you're listening, you might know this field that I'm talking about. It's located, over, uh, I'm really poor with the streets, the street names in Polson, but it's next to the Cherry Hill Apartments. It's across, it's south of the Cherry Hill Apartments. And it's down that main road that will take you over to the east side of town. Just Ooh. past Cherry Hill. Do you know that road I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. And then so. if you drive down that road a little ways, that you could take a right and they'll bring you to some more apartments. Uh-huh. Well, there on the left, to the east of that road, 
uh-huh. is that field. And I haven't been down there for a while, so they may have built stuff there actually. Uh, uh-huh. But for the longest time, it was just there. And that tree was there too. And I don't, so I don't know if that tree is still there. Huh. But I haven't gone back there. I've never gone uh. back to that field ever since that. And I've never experienced anything that terrified me that, like that ever since. Right. And some days I wondered like, man, did I just trip myself out? Or like, was I imagining that? That was, I, I, all I know is I know what I heard. I know the feeling of like an escalation of it where it started with the footsteps. And then almost immediately after the footsteps, I could hear the breathing. And I, and once I started hearing the breathing, I started running. And when I started running, I heard the whispers. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's like those, um, you know, it's kind of how people, they, uh, those ghost movies, Man, you know, they, they now, use. Now I got that chill thing. Yeah, I got, I got chills, chills too. Oh, yeah. It it's like. Um, I had a hard time telling that actually because it, the feelings still overwhelm me when I, just when I think about it, it gets a little like, that was so fucked up. I just can't believe that happened. Oh, yeah. No, I would. I think I'd book it. I I am definitely the fight or flight. I am the flight. I am 100% booking yeah, it. I It's one of the few times that I've, I've never gone back because usually I'll, I'm curious about stuff and I want to find out mm-hmm. like go, to go back and look for tracks because there are right? footsteps. I just never, I've never had, I've never had that desire and I still don't. Mm-mm. Oh, that sound reminds me of like the grudge, you know, um, have you watched The Grudge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's not I, like, I can't. Yeah, it wasn't like that. I don't. I don't, like, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I the. Do. It just sounded like they were dying. That's. Ugh. That's really what it was. It sounded like they were dying from, and they couldn't uh-huh. breathe. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, which I mean, given our area and how much Whoa, disease we've had, I just had a. I wonder. Now Ouch. I'm thinking about someone like maybe getting hung in that tree. I never thought about that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. And then maybe like the voices were like the people that were watching the hanging, which is so Ooh. weird to me that people watch that. I Oh, no, I could not watch that. Yeah. That was like the main form of entertainment during yeah. the French Revolution with the guillotines. Mm-hmm. It was a big, yeah, I was, it was fucking like watching. <laughs> yeah, massive so crowds, and I'm just like, no, I would not participate in I that. Bet, you know, I think we have equivalent stuff to that these days, but it's just <laughs> not as near nearly as uh, hardcore. To this yeah, world. because now when I you like have football, yeah, I like to see people take risks and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you even have people that go and will watch um, when people are put to death. Like people mm-hmm. that of the victims will go and watch them die. Yeah, I don't know no. how I'd feel about that. I've never. I don't. I don't, know, how, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to watch. Maybe I, I don't think I would. Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I don't. I just try to think about how. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know, but that's a good point to bring up about. I, I think that when that supernatural thing happens, it's always interesting to kind of look at the history then, to see maybe what could that yeah. have been. Now that's got me feeling a little bit sad. If that, like, thinking about it like that. Yeah. Well, it was just like at what point. But I don't know. Yeah. If you're I've, dealing, never, I should look into yeah. the history of that property. I never did that either. But yeah, I mean, we do have a bit of ways to do that. We could check on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a uh, nope, mm, uh, hard pass. Uh, don't I would I would I'd, 
I don't want to seek that out. That's for sure. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. My kids love that story. Mike, that's the one really huge positive of having all this weird shit is mm-hmm. the stories that you can entertain people with, especially if you like it and telling stories. And I'm not the best storyteller, but I know I'm better than some yeah. people. And my kids really enjoy the stories. And um, I've told these, not this specific one because, because it is a little bit of a higher level of scary than some of the other stuff. But I have yeah. these cool stories about running into crazy animals or uh, one one thing that I think was Bigfoot, but it could have been something else because I never saw it. It was just something that wouldn't leave once we shot at it, hmm. and it was dark, but it was huge and very yeah. heavy. That's all we know, really. Uh huh. Um, we don't Jeez. know what it was, but it uh, we shot at it and it wouldn't leave. It kept pacing on the other side of this big serviceberry bush, uh-huh. and uh, and I, it was with my out six, so it's like that's a big concussion wave. And it was close range. I didn't shoot it. Like, I wasn't trying to shoot it. I shot above it into the mountainside. Yeah. But I know you, you're, you'll feed, you'll feed, if you're on that end of the barrel, when something like that and that close, you feel that. Yeah. Like you feel, you feel it in it. your body. Yeah. Uh, so that tripped us out. And we never went back and looked for tracks, but I wanted to go back. We just kind of didn't. We got preoccupied because we were mm-hmm. back camping and doing other things. Yeah, that's one of those scary moments where you're like willing to go and kind of investigate and check yeah. it out. Kids like that story yeah. too. And I use yeah. it as an example to to be like, but maybe it was just a big elk that mm-hmm. didn't have anywhere to go and paced around for a minute, scared and panicked. Yeah. And then our little brains got working on it and we're like, oh my God, it's Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> and and they and it's a good moment to laugh and realize that us humans are all are pretty we're not that smart sometimes i would say <laughs> a lot of the times yeah when especially when our emotions get involved yeah our brain definitely um you don't understand quite how your brain works when you are filled with a certain type mm-hmm. of that's one i can explain or, and i i kind of yeah. wanted to go back and look but that 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 story I told about the field that's that's different. That, yeah. that was different. That was that's that terror type feeling more than right. just being scared or afraid. That's that real terror. It's like one of those. Um, it's like that story about like not whistling at night. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you're just like making sure that you are <laughs> not inviting or letting something know that you're there. And like, I don't know, I always feel like if that was to happen to me and if I was to go back, I feel like they would remember. And then if they remember, then what? Or if it's, see, I don't know. And then do spirits have, can they remember? Are they just stuck in this memory loop and they're just keeping replaying this one event and how they died? Or are they like Harry Potter? I'm going to just throw that out there. Because, you know, those ghosts there have some sort of sentient understanding of what's going on not even some sort they're like active characters they're full-blown active characters <laughs> chilling in the bathroom and yeah. crying <laughs> and getting pissed off and doing weird things to people yeah so there's not, there I, like I, a girl I, that was stuck in the bathroom yeah moaning myrtle yeah yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and so i don't know i just kind of always like i always wonder like what sort of intelligence do do they have you know Mm -hmm. can they potentially have an understanding 
um, to inflict, you know, serious harm. It's, it's one of those things that you just never, never know. And I feel like certain people are more in tune with that side and, and feel like they do have a potential to be afflicted way more than other people by these spirits. Hmm. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's it's so like cool to think about this stuff and wonder mm-hmm. about where, like, what is, that's just, it's fun to try to explain things that mm-hmm. are unexplainable. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, the, that, that reminds me of this physicist that specializes in the many worlds version of quantum mechanics. And he was explaining that idea of what quantum mechanics is and what, um, what this means that we have infinite universes living in parallel. And he, the way he explained it is that, and it's also the helped me understand a little better that, that, really weird idea that particles can be both there and not there at the same time. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that? Or uh, it can be this way and that way at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. You ever heard that? Yeah. And so what the way he explained it is that it's a infinite, it's pretty much an infinite set of poss- probabilities that okay. is constantly existing at every point in space and time. And hmm. that when these points are then observed and that when, when he, and he explained that word observed doesn't mean it has to be a human doing the observing. It's when it's, and it's the way I'm thinking of it is when it's something interacts with it in some way, mm-hmm. then it, it, uh, it gains a position of one of those probabilities. Hmm. Hmm. Jeez. And That's, so, yeah. And, and then I still don't understand that really. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but the way that, that the way you explained that helped me understand it a little bit better. Like, I feel like I got a little bit deeper into the pond than I was before. Yeah. Well, I just think it's. Um, oh, the, but the, the universe, universe is, is so big. Yeah. yeah. The infinite idea that there's this in, infinite versions of me out there, infinite mm-hmm. versions of you, and so every moment there's these there's all kind of like, what if I did that? Well, actually, that did happen yeah. in another universe, and but it's a universe that we'll never interact with, and that we're not interacting with right now. But I wonder; it gets me wondering about ghosts. And like you know, earlier we were we were talking about gravity and mm-hmm. how so many people don't understand it, including physicists, for the longest time. And now they've detected gravitational waves, and they're learning a lot about it. But also, that it's the weakest force out of the four forces in the universe. And how some peop- some of these physicists, especially theoretical physicists, think that it could be bleeding into our universe from another universe mm-hmm. where it's more strong, like gravity yeah. is the strongest force, maybe. And that gets me wondering about ghosts if they're just if they're versions of us that are other from other universes, then fragments of their of them are bleeding into this universe and mm-hmm. like we we're doing the same thing in their universe and they struggle yeah. to explain that those occurrences just like we do mm-hmm. and so we're all constantly but we can and, and it's a weird thing because we can't really interact but in a way we are right mm-hmm. because i got terrified by this thing but mm-hmm. maybe it was just 
some sick lady out for a walk. <laughs> right. Just coughing around. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. She has her own coronavirus and yeah. she's just trying to she's get just out trying for to get some fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Have you seen um the movie The Others? I think so. Is that where they uh it's like another version of themselves? Like they hold her, them hostage in their living room? Uh no, it's like uh where this family believes that they're being haunted, that they have ghosts in their house. And then the main- Oh, is that the one with Nicole Kidman? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. That's kind of an older one. It is really that was old. a good one. I love that mm-hmm. way they twisted that at the end, right? That they were yeah, the ghosts. That they are the ghosts and yeah. that they're the ones that are actually terrifying this family that had moved in. And and it it kind of that has always stuck with me because then it always makes me realize like I always kind of thought about what ghosts are thinking then you know are like do they have these um do they not know that they're dead are they just Mm kind of aimlessly walking around wondering what's happening and then how sad that must be to feel that way um uh the um there's a new netflix called the haunting of bly manor um kind of touches base on that too uh it's a it's a good one um it's like the second version of Haunting of Hill House, um, which are two great series on Netflix if you're into like uh, thriller, mysteries, a little bit of horror. Um, but yeah, it just kind of, mm. it, it kind of makes you think about what ghosts or spirits or poltergeists, uh, demons, kind of what role they have in their own life. I don't know. It's just weird to think about. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. No, yeah, that reminds me of like things that. I've heard from some people like that. Most of our problems don't have anything to do with spirits. It's usually just human stuff. Your your habits, mm-hmm. your choices, like whether or not you're drinking too much or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not some kind of magic or spiritual anything. Yeah, ninety nine percent of our problems. And, and part of the reason why that is is because the spirits have their own problems. They live their own lives and they have their own world to worry about. And most of it has nothing to do with us, but they, sometimes it does. That's what we go in the ceremony for. Oof. And, oh, man. Um, yeah, we help each other is the way I see it. So that's, yeah. That's oh, really, uh, yeah have uh, you seen that movie, The Babadook? Oh, yeah. That's oh, my God. That's another good one. I, that's that, a good I was one. very surprised by it. I was really surprised yeah. by how well made that was and it's like one of those i think it's an indie movie even it's Mm -hmm. like a low budget and yeah that was a good one because he they use like um black and white uh uh what do they call like still frames for some of their movies um when they're Mm. yeah i got the chills thinking about that book showing up on her porch over and over again um (laughs) yeah what really got me was that those black and white moments where it was just like flashes of that Baba Duke and he was just like walking weirdly. I don't know if you remember mm. that. Like just like those kind of trippy, um, like miming, mm-hmm. like uh, something about like, and it didn't show yeah. it too much. I think no. that's another real difficult challenge is not showing too much. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's anything that I didn't like about the new it, maybe that's it is they showed it too much. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, it 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 traumatized a lot of millennials, I yeah. think. 
Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And then there's child's play with Chucky. Mm-hmm. Some people, uh, now I think it's silly and I'm, yeah. it doesn't really freak me out much. But when I was a kid, it, it scared me. I was definitely scared of the little dolls. Oh my gosh. I, I, I uh, definitely have to show you this picture. My little nephew, he is four. Um, he was uh, he was Chucky for Halloween. Oh, whoa. That's Can nice. you see that? Yeah, yeah. he's so cute. <laughs> he's never seen Chucky either. He just oh. knows what Chucky is, and he's like, "I want to be Chucky," and he would just like That's run funny. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Horror, horror can lead to entertainment. I don't. I don't know. Some of it's just scary. Yeah, it's a special kind of entertainment, and some people yeah. don't like it. Some people really don't like it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, there's people. Yeah, some of our. My mom does not like horror, scary movies. No, she mine doesn't, doesn't like either. them. Yeah, and. Yeah, um, all the kids do. So. Yeah, my mom got scared during uh, Passion of the Christ when that serpent moved in the very beginning. Oh, yes? She, like, screamed, <laughs> she screamed in the funny. movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't handle horror or scary movies or anything yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, oh, oh man. <laughs> oh, that's a scary story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever want to experience that when I'm walking in a field. Yeah, and um, yeah, I don't think about it most days. Mm-hmm. And every time I drive down that road, though, I, I do. Mm-hmm. And I had, and it's actually on the way to Ethnotech. Oh gosh, take that so, yeah. same road. So, <laughs> yeah, so I do think about it, and I am reminded not. And I don't really work for them much anymore, but um, I still go down that road from time to time, and I never forget. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh! And it's always the that flash memory of when the breathing started. Oh, and um, yeah, and that brings it uh, brings it back. Oh, I uh, yeah, it would be terrifying. I think, um, and I think that's probably people's biggest fears is hearing sounds that they can't correlate with a living thing or something that's making that sound. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be yeah, bad. like underwater noises. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, no, yeah. uh, uh, no. I've I've listened to uh, many of sounds that people just can't figure out what's in the ocean, mm-hmm. and they just like will catch them. And I'm like, I, I'm never going in the ocean again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. So let's. I want to hear the story that you're going to tell. Okay. So I think I pretty much got the tribe wrong. My bad. It's not Algonquin. It's Wabanaki. Oh, okay. Oh, my bad. I had had a previous story that I was going to talk about, but I found this one um, that I think is, <laughs> it's interesting. And it, it's kind of, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, it's, uh, I'm going to tell you this because it's, it's got a, it interconnects with the story you just told. Oh, okay. So it's, it's called the, um, oh God, it's a big word, scudagamooch. It's, hmm. I like that sound. I don't, it does kind of sound like something that's unsavory. Yeah, it's so, or it's like the ghost witch. Scudamooch. Scudagamooch. 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 Yep. yep. Probably shouldn't say that too many times in the mirror, right? No, or it's like yeah. Beetlejuice. They randomly will pop up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that I've. I want to show my kids that movie Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice. I don't think I've, this, I don't think they've seen that. 
oh, that'd be that's a good a one to watch one. on Halloween, I think. Oh yeah, that's like one yeah, of those classics. Fun, yeah. That's a fun one, but when you think about it, it, it kind of is creepy. Some of it. Oh, so like his arm. Yeah, all of it's kind of <laughs> creepy. Like when you rewatch it, yeah. <laughs> you, right. I just, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so it's the ghost witch, um, and so it's a, a folklore with the Wabanaki tribes, um, and they kind of say that it's a it's a witch that's kind of created from a shaman who practices black magic. And so when they die, they don't want to die. So then these um, it's led to this. um, Usually they're kind of like in the daytime, they look like corpses or zombies. Um, And so they reanimate at night. So they're, so they come to life and in their, um, definitely out to just kind of you know kill people I, I i don't think that once you're in black magic i think that you have never know what's going to happen so these ones end up being um yeah they they're looking out to kill somebody um and one of the stories that i found i'll read it to you Um, is I believe from like the early 1900s in New York. And um, it's told by Beulah Talamut. And um, so she was Abenaki. She was about 16 years old. Um, And uh, so this is the story that she is, that she's told. So she's like an old witch was dead and his people buried him in a tree um, up among the branches in a grove that they used for burial places. Sometime after this, in the winter, an Indian and his wife came along. They were looking for a good place to spend the night. They saw the grove, went in, and started to build their cooking fire. When their supper was over, the woman looked up and saw dark, long things hanging among the trees. She asked what they were. The husband said they were only of the dead of long ago. He was like, I want to go to sleep. So the wife then was like, I don't like that. I think we better stay up. And he didn't listen. So he went to sleep. Soon after the fire went out, she began to hear a gnawing sound. It sounded like an animal was chewing or gnawing on a bone. She sat very still. Um, She was scared all night. She stayed awake. It was about dawn when she couldn't stand it any longer, and she tried to reach out and wake her husband up, but he wouldn't wake up. She thought that he was asleep, and the gnawing had stopped. When daylight came, she went to her husband and found him dead. His left side was not away, and his heart was gone. She then turned and ran. She came to a lodge where there were some people. Here she told the story, but they wouldn't believe her. Thinking that she had killed the man herself, they went to the place. However, when they got there, they found the man with his heart gone, lying under the burial tree with the dead witch right overhead. They looked at, they took the body down, unwrapped it, and the face and mouth were covered in flesh blood. That's it. So. I wish you didn't tell me that. I didn't I was, think about I was that. more down for that old lady than another <laughs> dimension. <laughs> right? And yeah, what, I didn't put That seems either. about right. Yeah. And so that's one of the stories. There's like another story um 
that talks about hunters that had went out, um, you know, and, and, but that one just kind of really got to me because it talked about trees and, and mm. your experience <clears throat> with the tree. Yeah. And it is so curious because when I look at moss, it reminds me so much of hair or lichen. Um, yeah, that's one of the common names for his witch's hair. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. To me, that would be a terrifying thing um, to look up and, and to know that something is wrong. Um, and it, how far does your intuition go and how much is just your brain overreacting and making sure that you're staying on your toes? Um, so yeah, that, that story has just always kind of stuck out to me, especially when I'm, when we go to like Lolo and we're kind of picking like Mountain Tea or, um, doing husks, you know, there's always black lichen hanging around up there in mm-hmm. those trees and you just look up and I, I don't know, I could just look up and just imagine seeing just long hair, just. That's cool. That's where we go. Uh, <laughs> We, yeah. uh, we we went this year though, and we weren't really prepared, and we uh, didn't find any husks. But we uh, found other stuff. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. You had a good time. You didn't see uh, this ghost. Yeah, well, switch. part of it, our normal spot had some. Uh, they this year it must have been they they went in and they like redid the that, the side of the road where we'd usually pick it. Oh, uh, in the drainage. Yeah and uh, cut a bunch of the trees and stuff. And I could see why they did that. So it's like a necessary aspect of the road maintenance, but yeah, it wiped out any sign of our husks that we'd been oh. that we'd, we're used to. But uh, we thought, oh, well, mm-hmm. next year, it'll, I'm sure it'll be back. Cause it's still mm-hmm. be good, a good habitat for it. It's just, it's just been disturbed. Right. It'll come back strong. Yeah. <laughs> Needs to be disturbed. But uh, mm-hmm. I know there was other places. We just kind of ran out of time that day, and it's so far. And yeah, uh, and we had our yeah, we, had, a, we had porch with us, our dog, and so we uh-huh. wanna, and he we don't want he travels okay, but he, he kind of he gets really worn out by being in the van all day. Oh yeah, I bet I would get worn out. Yeah. yeah, that was cool though. Yeah, that area is definitely interesting. I've been going up there since I was a little boy. And, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's a fun area. I like being mm-hmm. there. Yeah, me too. So yeah, that's really, yeah, that's that's in so that's a native story. And you said that was Wabanaki or Abenaki. Wabanaki. Wabanaki. Yeah. Where's that from? Is so that over east, over around the yeah Haudenosaunee? That's like the um uh oh my god, Passa Maquati. Okay uh pass some what what is it the um uh passama uh, yeah passamaquaddies and um abenac tribes okay yeah, no, i've heard abenaki that's like, a b e n a k i i've seen that one on maps uh yeah and uh, so i just think they're it's like probably like c s k t just they just kind of lump them all into this wabanaki mm. tribe and I, yeah, I think they are they are uh, grouped into a different people, like group of peoples than the Haudenosaunee. Yeah, like the I think Al- they're, they're not I think, Algonquin. Is that right? Yeah, they're not Algonquin. I think there might be like a little bit more um, south 
Southeast, like those, that middle part, like New York, uh, North Carolina, that little Virginia. Isn't that that area? I think. Um, So now I'm just going off of a game that I play called Europa Universalis. And one of the main things, especially with the mod that I play, is the historicity. So they are and like on the on the game they're placed like up in northern maine oh okay yeah, but it's just a game i don't know how accurate it is actually pretty sweet because uh, one of the reasons i like this game is you could play the blackfeet you could choose the the blackfeet they're called blackfoot on the game and the province that you control is called Pikuni. Mm. oh that's cool correctly and everything okay so I'm way wrong. Oh no, it's called Nitsitapi. And then they in further south they have one called Pikani. Oh, okay. So, and seeing that they have those words on the game like that was just Yeah. So one you're of the right. reasons though I like, well, this game is cool. I never thought I could ever conquer the world as a blackfeet. It's um, really hard because like the technology, like it's all geared. There's a reason it's called Europa Universalis. Mm-hmm because oh, dude. the whole thing's set up for Europe to conquer the world pretty much. But if you're a good player and you know how to use some of them uh, ex- exploits and kind of cheat the game engine a little bit, you could, you you could, could do, do some damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I was wrong. Um, it's actually the area you're talking about. So like Maine, New Brunswick, okay. uh, Nova Scotia. Cool, so the game's accurate. That's yeah. Cool. So it's like, uh, I don't know, I can't really. It's like. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and there's the Micmac or Micmac. Yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Yeah, oh, Wabanaki. So that's like a big group there. Going yeah. The, is that, I think, the St. Lawrence River? Yeah. Is that river? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Prince Edward Island. and Yeah. yeah. Where's that map at? Um, it's just on Google. Oh, okay. Do you know it's, what site? It's just Wikipedia, the Wabanaki oh, okay. Confederacy. I just... Yeah. I just wanted to quickly. You know, look. that's something I need to do. Is um, I'd really is to look and try to do a full search of all the available maps of indigenous. People. Yeah, because I, I noticed that compare them and stuff. Yeah, because when you do like that, um, people always want you to go look at that uh, native lands dot ca. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but they, if you look at our, if you look at Salish, we're just lumped in as Confederated Salish and Kootenai tribes. But the Kootenais have their own yeah. section on there. So we're, they don't even include like interior Bitterroot Salish hmm. in their map. So it would be nice to definitely have more maps to look at. Cause yeah, that's definitely an industry that has a lot of opportunities right now as indigenous GIS mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I think it. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Yeah. So any GIS nerds out there? Yeah. Look online. There's a lot of opportunities right now, and if you have qualifications and some experience, you, you can probably find something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, All right, uh, that's my story. Yeah, that was, I like that one. So this next one I'm going to tell is not quite as terrifying. This one was, it was creepy. But it was, I, I didn't, I never felt like really scared or terrified, like I was in danger or anything like that. And when this one happened down in Oklahoma, and I was 15 when this happened. So this was later in life. And I had just gotten done being homeless. 
and getting involved in all sorts of weird, trippy, scary, dangerous situations with drugs and alcohol, parties, my first time getting jumped, beat up fairly substantially. Like I didn't get hospitalized, uh, fortunately, but I could have. It was I was damn close, man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I had a lot of first time experiences and then it all fell apart and I had to come home. And but we could the only way we could afford it is if I stayed at um one of my mom's old friends from when she lived down there. And I think he was also maybe a friend of my dad and like kind of that group, just the same group of friends. Mm-hmm. And so I was staying there and I had to stay there for a couple of weeks to wait for my bus because it was the, the, the best way to do it. Cheapest mm-hmm. way. And the agreement was I'll just do housework and, and to earn my way for those couple of weeks. And one of the weekends he left to go to this football game in Oklahoma city and left me in charge of the house for the weekend. But he set up, he like cooked a big thing of stew in the crock pot and gave me instructions and gave me a few tasks to do around the property and stuff. And and then he also gave me a few bucks so I could go to the store and grab something, which is just a couple miles down the road. And so I was having a good time during the day and just kind of enjoying my alone time and, reflecting on all that crazy shit that I just went through. And one evening I was sitting there watching TV and instead of the stew, I had busted out a couple of frozen burritos and was just chilling watching TV. And while I was in the middle of eating the burrito, I heard this, the, like the, the little pitter patter of <laughs> feet on the floor directly behind me. And it's like that, you know, I don't know if I, I can mimic it on my desk here. But it's that it's that very distinct sound of bare feet on the floor. Oh, yeah. Good feet. I heard it and I flipped around and I didn't see anything. And the way the house is set up is the living room is on the end of the house and behind it is the dining room and the kitchen area. And that is all it has that uh, tile floor in the dining or the kitchen and then some stone floor in the dining room. And uh, and then all the way down the hallway is tile also. And so I heard it and I flipped around and I didn't see anything. And at first I thought I was just hearing something, maybe I like from the TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of ignored it, but there was something, it just, it was weird. It was really weird because it seemed very, like, like I said, it was right behind me because the couch was, had its back to the dining room. And so mm-hmm. the floor was directly behind the couch. The couch was like, it, it goes from the couch to the dining room floor. And I resumed my burrito eating and watching TV and just a few moments later, probably not even a minute later, really, I heard it again, but going the opposite direction and I flipped around again. This time I got up and I looked and I went and turned on the lights and and looked around and I didn't see anything again. And this, that time I was kind of tripped out. And so I looked through the whole house. I, I went and I wasn't, I felt weird about going into his room, but I, I went and peeked in his room and then I went and searched everywhere else and I didn't find anything. Um, so I, I was a little creeped out and didn't know, really know what to think of it. So I went and just sat back down and resumed the TV watching with the burrito. And, but this, this time I left the lights on in the dining room <laughs> and, and so I sat there and a little bit of time passed. It wasn't as quick, but then it, it happened again, but this time it was longer 
And as I stood up, I could hear it, it go down the hallway. Same thing, a little pitter-patter of little kid's feet. And so I got up and I searched all over again, didn't find anything. And then I left, I, that's when I left all the lights on. And I sat there and I was listening and really trying to pay t- close attention after that. And I didn't hear anything for the rest of the night. And I ended up crashing out and just, I slept on the couch though, with the TV on and all the lights on. And so, yeah, I fell asleep. Nothing really happened after that. And I got up and I was definitely freaked out, but I wasn't really that scared. It just, it was just creepy because I thought, well, there's like a little, I was thinking there's a little kid ghost in this house or I just tripping out or what's going on here. And I went about my work and just did what I was normally doing. And when he got back, I told him what had happened. And then he, what he did was he apologized. He said, I should have let you know that my granddaughter died in this house. And yeah. And I had been sleeping in her room the whole time. And then it all clicked. It went, and I realized because there was other weird things that had happened that I just didn't think about until he said that. And what, what the weirdest one was uh, every single night in the middle of the night, I would wake up to that door opening the door for uh-huh. her, the room that I was sleeping in her room. And it was even let, kept the way she, cause I could tell it was a little girl's room the whole time because they kept it the same. They didn't change it when, after she died. And also I was sleeping there and in her bed and every night in the middle of the night and it didn't creak or make noise or anything, but I would Uh just wake up. And as I woke up, the door would be kind of opening and I just figured maybe it like clicked open and I just, it woke me up real quick and and I'd close it. And it, and I, and then after that I went and I was checking the door and testing it after I found out about this to Uh see like, was I just tripping or is like, is this thing (laughs) open on its own? And it, it closed and stayed closed fine and i tried to think with it and it wouldn't open uh-huh so not Ooh. on its own anyway not when i'm just pushed on it and i would like tap think with the handle and try to push it open oh so, yeah and he said yeah and that almost everybody has something happen and to them when they come and stay here jeez jeez yeah see like stories like that where you have somebody that has like a personal connection with the possibility of like it being like a ghost that they have like family or something, Mm -hmm. you know, it always makes me kind of wonder like, why are they there? Like, is it, is it because the family can't let go of the spirit and they need some sort of, you know, they need some, they need them to still be there. Um, You know, or like, is it, it the ghost you know, people always say like unfinished business, but is it, but is it the, if it's a child, like, is it the ghost not knowing how to cross over? You know, is it something, well, I don't know that those stories always, I always believe those stories because knowing how close I am with my family, especially my immediate family, I would probably put a lot of energy towards seeing them in any way I can. Yeah, it breaks my heart just thinking about it. Yeah. Like letting go of children. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that's really one of my big fears that I have with my family is like, I want to protect them. Mm-hmm. But knowing that sometimes I might not be able to. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not there. 
and knowing that like I probably shouldn't even really think about it but uh yeah it's one of those things that just terrifies me that about uh is not is being I think it is what it is is not being able to help in any way and being powerless and mm-hmm. having my family get hurt or die or something like that that yeah. and so that that story that I just just told you it definitely has a very mm-hmm. deep emotional ring for me too because it's, it's a little little girl and kind it's of a girl. relative yeah. of mine it was just but I mean it's just a family friend Mm-hmm. I think and so but I mean still it's there's that connection because my mom knew that guy really mm-hmm. well yeah oh yeah well it, uh, yeah kids are when you're so intertwined with making sure that your future generations are safe when you lose those generations like what kind of trauma does that lead to families and individuals and um I know Haskell had a lot of children's spirits because of the trauma that was there. And, mm. you know, yeah, you had a yeah. similar experience kind of mm-hmm. right? where you heard voices and feet footsteps. footsteps. Yeah. Um, one of the dormitories is um, half females, half males as when you walk in. So there's two wings mm-hmm. and there's two floors and um, it was only me and one other girl in this whole side of the females. And um, yeah. I mean, you could hear footsteps above you. You can see them running like the little crack under your door when it's light out in the hallway. Whoa. You would see the shadows. You could see the shadows. Dang. You know, and they used to, it used to be so cold that when the kids would die, they would just keep them in the cellars. And they still have these buildings where these bodies were stored over the winter. Man. Yeah, probably the because you can't really bury anyone in, in back, okay. especially back then when it's all it's all Frozen. muscle power yeah right. yeah wow so yeah i don't know i, I just uh that's that's yeah these some of these see scary stories it can be fun but they can also be very sad yeah and really it's, it's gnarly. really sad yeah, yeah. And it, yeah like i, I said uh, the, it, the new it movie that shit had me crying a little bit when georgie got killed mm-hmm. but that the first movie didn't have me crying it's oh, yeah. just seeing that little boy get hurt like that all mm-hmm. and being alone. Yeah. That shit really fucks with me. Oh yeah. Oh, then the fact that he comes back as a, a projection that is, does nothing I but know, try to torture to, his brother. To torture his yeah. brother. Yeah. That's pretty messed up. Which, you know, I kind of took it as um, his own internal battle that he faces with the, um, his own, regret and his own um uh oh god like his own uh uh you know he feels bad that he let him go off by himself so he harbors a lot of resentment towards himself and then how does that play with your own mental psyche then if you're harboring at such a young age too you know all of these regrets and not knowing and um Man, yeah, that movie just messes with a lot of mental stability on what can happen in a killer town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, and just the unexplainable idea mm-hmm. of monsters. Yeah, yeah, it's and, it's yeah. got an appeal to it though. Yeah, it's almost like we want to believe in them. I mean, I'm you want to believe that those are the monsters instead of humans that 
commit monstrous acts. Mm, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Cause I know uh, mostly from a curiosity thing, I think, cause I was for a while there, I was obsessed with hunt, trying to hunt down as many pictures and videos of Bigfoot mm-hmm. of any cryptids that I could find. Mm-hmm. Mostly it was mostly Bigfoot was the one. Cause I think, cause it, it was one of those things that it might be in my backyard. Right. And, and then it was kind of that thing that I experienced when I was a teenager. I, I'm pretty sure we, I was 18 when that happened. And it was me and Eric, my brother, mm-hmm. we were out canoeing on McDonald Lake. And we went, we were kind of being dumb and we went too late in the day. Mm-hmm. And it ended up getting dark on us as we were canoeing in the back. And so we just stopped at a random spot. And as, as we pulled up, it seemed like a pretty good spot. We were able to tie off on some, uh, uh, the big giant set of roots that was coming out of the shore and we got my yacht six and the lantern and walked up the embankment and it was nice and flat and then we saw this little shanty like shack thing that was held together with old rope like really old rope that looked like it was start, like it's been there for many seasons yeah and the wood wasn't i mean it wasn't really nice wood or anything but um and it wasn't really it was some sticks and like branches but some of it was actual wood, like it, like lumber, like it had been mm-hmm. processed. But uh, we didn't really pay that much attention. We just thought, oh, someone set up a little fort. <laughs> and right. Like, we can sleep here tonight. Hunting and so that's shack. what we yeah. were doing. We, we turned around and went. we're headed back down to the canoe. And I was only going to tell two stories. Might as well tell this one. <laughs> and we're heading back down to the canoe. And right as we passed this big serviceberry bush, it was all in bloom with the big white flowers. Mm-hmm. And it was a big one. We passed by it, and the whole thing just went and started violently shaking. Yeah. And we were like, whoa, and we jumped back. And I cocked back my gun and shot into the air above the bush. And after I fired that shot, that first shot, we just stood there. And we were, I think we were in that, you know how there's a fight or flight? Mm-hmm. I think what we happened to be in because I, I, I think that that was that first reaction was fight. Mm-hmm. And then we, we just were frozen and we just stood there and didn't say anything. We, I only, I didn't even look at him. I just stared at the bush and we were sat there and listened. And that's when we heard those heavy footsteps. We knew it was something big and it was on the other side of the bush and it stayed there. And so I shot two more rounds up in the same direction or just over the bush into the mountain. Mm-hmm. And, and we sat there and listened. And, and we could hear occasionally it would move. And we could tell it, it was just big. We didn't know what it was. We couldn't tell if it had hooves or anything. And, and then that, we didn't stay there very long after that. We just, I don't know if it was a few minutes or what, but we left. Mm-hmm. Got back in the canoe and paddled back to the front of the lake. And we ended up camping there. We stayed and fished and hung out for a few days but we didn't go back to that spot later we both expressed like i wanted to go back there and look for tracks but Uh neither one of us talked about it the whole weekend which is and we talk about it nowadays and we're like that's so so weird how we reacted to that Uh we basically just ignored we went back and camped and didn't talk about it for the rest of the weekend but both of us had the same feelings and urges of wanting to go and look so I wonder if like uh could have been like I said earlier, it could have been an elk for all we know, and just like yeah. some weird situation prevented it from getting away. 
Mm-hmm. So, I, I wonder, yeah. And it kind of makes you like kind of think about um, cryptids versus like spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in and the, the fact- shack thing, that was weird. That's yeah. kind of the extra level of weirdness where we're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck was that? Yeah, because I feel like, um, you know, most cryptids, uh, you have stories of people that talk about how they, um, like, kind of like you and your friend's reaction about how they just kind of stop and, like, look, um, versus the story that you said about the spirit where instantly you knew you had to run. Yeah. You know, I I think it... (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, there was no hesitation on what you had to do. And I feel like with a lot of these cryptid stories, they're kind of the same thing. I, I mean, it's not, and it and it would touch bases on how different they both are. I, I, I yeah. mean, spirits, yeah. yeah. Do they and for anyone not something? familiar, McDonald Lake is pretty remote when you're halfway back on a canoe because there's no trails down to that part of the lake. Yeah. And we're on the north side. So all the trails were quite a ways up the mountain at that point. Yeah, I mean that that trail gets you up pretty fast. Yeah, um, I'm, our plan was to go camp at the back of the lake. Mm-hmm. But it got dark on us, and we were kind of scared of like getting tipped over, like by uh, something under the, like a log or something, mm-hmm. or like one of those dead trees under the water mm-hmm. that we couldn't see. Yeah, so we were like, man, that, and we were loaded, packed. We had all the firewood we need. Like we needed, we had everything we would need for a full two, three Weekend. days. Yeah, yeah. And we thought, Jeez. man, that would be a disaster. So we thought, oh, yeah. let's just let's just pull over here. It doesn't matter. And that's another weird was we we pulled over at the first spot we could. We didn't even plan it or try to look for a place. Mm-hmm. And we ended up running into this thing. Jeez. Well, that's kind of where the area my dad talked about the last story really? is the McDonald area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With my yeah, Rose. that area is pretty epic. It's mm-hmm. super epic. It's one of the glacial drainages here on the mission mountains and it's beautiful it has some of the most amazing scenery mm-hmm. in the world and, oh, yeah. but yeah the mountains man it is not easy terrain and if you're mm-hmm. off the trails it's it lost. Uh, it's pretty rough yeah. yeah oh yeah it's uh you're you're deep in that the mission mountain range yeah. for sure i love the cedar grove down mm-hmm. the back of the lake oh, the yeah. area is really beautiful but yeah when you're back there if anything happens and you're alone and there just happened to be no one else going back there that day. That could be a death sentence if you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. You just get oh, too yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Given time of year for sure. Mm. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, uh, how, well, okay. I guess I have a story, but it's not oh, a story. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one of our people, so I, I know this person who firmly believes that the bison range has some sort of, uh, paranormal activity. Not sure what it is. Aliens or not. There's this one area where um, none of the GPSs or compasses work. It's this hmm. one little area, this one little patch where nothing, none of it will work. It always sends it in like a little circle. So it's some kind of energy thing. Oh, that that's goes interesting. On. And it's like in the part of the range where you have to be a staff member or volunteer to be able to go to that area. Okay. And so I was there one night late and we saw this red light in the sky, just fixed. Didn't move. Wasn't like an airplane. Wasn't a satellite. You can kind of see them move across the sky. And this one just stayed fixed in this area. 
it was really weird. I had never seen it before. Um, I haven't seen it since either. Um, it, it just kind of makes you think about um, energy plays a big part of it because we also have that, uh, what is that field of mystery, mystery something? When you're going towards Glacier, mystery. Oh, yeah. The um, vortex something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the vortex. The vortex. A lot. Of, um, some of that is explainable with yeah, like some tricks you can play on people's mind. But mm-hmm. some of it is just definitely weird. It's definitely like the, weird. The trees, yeah. the way the trees grow. That's the one thing that's like undeniably strange about Crazy. that place. Yeah, they look like they uh, have um, big, drastic turns in the trunks. If you've never been there before. Um, it's fun. Uh, I've only been crazy. through that place once, and it was yeah. Weird. I was all skeptical of everything. I, I was uh, thinking, ah, this is bullshit. But it was definitely cool and fun. And It is. So I feel like this area, we, have, we live in a very um, unique area for many things that mm-hmm. could be hidden in our backyard for sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I And I've seen stuff in the Jocko too. Like I've seen a UFO when mm-hmm. I was camping in the Jocko. Jeez. You know uh, Ryan Adams? He works for, I think he works in the Fish and Wildlife now. Hmm. But when, when I was working with him, we were working on the Bear Project and we're camped down there. And mm-hmm. We saw a UFO Jeez. fly through the Jocko, mm-hmm. completely silent under the cloud cover mm-hmm. it was just a bright solid bright white light yeah it was totally silent we didn't hear anything and it was just a it was like a, it took this perfect arc it seemed like it just arced perfectly around the pistol creek range uh-huh. what it looked like and then headed off into the arley area oh that's creepy yeah we didn't hear anything and yeah that well, was very strange when we both saw it we we're like holy crap that thing's cruising and uh, he mm. ran out in the road and looked and and I ran, followed him out there, and um, we were thinking maybe it was a drone. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. That's so it's ex- potentially explainable, but to us mm-hmm. it was a UFO because still to this day is unidentified. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some things you just yeah you don't have the possibility to thoroughly figure out what it is, but you can just yeah. let your mind wander. And that was before drones became more popular that was back in 2011 or something uh, 2010 or something like that mm-hmm. actually yeah i think it was 2010 stop oh, wait no no it was 2011 late summer early fall so that was a while ago drones were i mean we knew about drones but the way we thought is like mostly the government had them or they were really expensive and that's like what i've always kind of wondered is like what is paranormal or ufos and what is just the government trying to test out something yeah playing mind games with us citizens right (laughs) (laughs) all of our just inherent fears just come from the government yeah it reminds me i wonder if like there was it was a drone and there's a camera and they saw us run out right and they're (laughs) They're like they probably think we're aliens (laughs) yeah Just purposely do tricks like that just to yeah. fuck with people. <laughs> I know I would. If I, if it was a part of a mission, I would get a kick out of that stuff. Cause I'm it sure. would be pretty funny, yeah. But I mean, that would, I wonder how that airspace stuff works in covert operations. And it's above the res, especially above the Jocko. That's yeah. a special area. So, yeah, we, I, we told more stories than we said we were going to. But that was, that's cool. I, I think that's how storytelling goes. Oh, yeah, just don't stop. Remember stuff. 
Someone says something reminds you of another story. You just keep going. Yeah. Whole whole point of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Just keep on. Going. <laughs> With that being said, I'm really grateful to be back. Just to uh-huh. really, just to be back recording again and talking to you again. Uh-huh. But uh, but I know there's a lot of people that enjoy the content and enjoy our, all the stuff we talk about. So. I'm glad to be sharing that again with everybody listening. So that's yeah, uh, probably seems about fitting. Yeah, the most grateful thing at this to today at least. Mm-hmm. Dang, we've spent a lot of time on this already. But I mean, it was more—it was more than just a podcast, though. It's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's our first episode after a full year off. Um, yeah, definitely grateful for the continued support throughout the year that we have been reached out by listeners and we are listening and we are very, I'm very, we're both very appreciative for the continued support. And now we will be releasing once a month. We're mm-hmm. back on track. Get in there. I'm back on as much back on track as we can get after mm-hmm. everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that seems like a good plan right now for me and for you mm-hmm. and to keep, just to keep it going. And so we can, back on it and, and just to keep releasing episodes because mm-hmm. there's a lot of important stuff that we've been learning and we'd love to share it. Keep sharing that with mm-hmm. as many people as we can. Yeah. And I think what we realize, especially with like these kind of episodes is we really do like hearing stories as yeah. well. Yeah. And I, I know that we both kind of want to do more scary stories um, down the road. So, I mean, if any listeners have their own stories, you can either, record it yourself and submit it or if you want to just type it out you can email it to us our email is ndnsciencee at gmail.com almost forgot how to spell science but i what? figured it out towards I the think end you're thinking too hard about it and you forgot the show <laughs> part. Forgot oh the show oh part. show i forgot yeah. the show part indian science show part. at gmail.com <laughs> Or if you have a recommendation like the Skadiga Mooch that you want to hear from us, we can do our own research and figure that out for you. Kind of tell that story. I know both of us um, find cryptids, cryptozoology. Yeah, that one, that one freaked me out a little bit, thinking like the possibility of that, that being what that was. Mm-hmm. Just some sort of ghost witch just mm-hmm. hanging out in the tree waiting. Yeah, the tree, because it was in the tree like that. And Mm -hmm. the similarity to where the woman saw it and I didn't. Yeah, exactly. That's also another weird part about that. I know. I didn't want to tell you this story when you had kind of told me a little bit about yours. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, going to be thinking about that. That's like, it's still kind of sinking in, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anybody, and if you happen to record it and send it in, we'll play it on our next Scary Story episode. Mm -hmm. We'll play your scary story or if you'd like we could read it for you Mm -hmm. and try to make it as good of a story as we can but i always think it's better for the people to tell their own story that the way it happened because there's no Mm -hmm. way i could translate every emotion like all the different emotions and all that so Mm that would be sweet if anybody that's a if anybody is down you should send us a story so you can just record it real quick and send us an mp3 with a little Mm -hmm. bit of permission as, as long as you're cool with it at least with your permission, we'll release it on one of our scary story, story episodes. Ooh, it'll be the a fun little, the yeah. next one. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be indigenous-based either. We, I mean, 
feel free to share whatever kind of scary story you would like for yeah. us to hear or the listeners to hear. Ooh. Got a weird vibe now. Scary stories always gives scary you that. Scary stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I know that's got to be one of my favorite things is to be out <laughs> camping around the fire telling scary stories. Oh, yeah. It's Best a little part. bit taboo. Yeah. Also. So it is. Of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that's it. We are, uh, yeah, we'll be releasing once a month. Uh, anyone mm-hmm. interested in where we're going to go, always feel free to get a hold of us and we <laughs> inevitably get back to any messages we get. <laughs> Sorry. And, yeah, it might take a while. <laughs> so, yes, this last year has just been crazy for both of us. There'll be more updates on some more specifics as we decide to share it, but a lot, a lot of it's just personal stuff. So, mm-hmm. we'll. Deeply appreciative for the mm-hmm. support, and then I'm looking forward to what this um, new updated season of the Indian Science Show will be. Yes, and the next episode will be all about one of our favorite topics, which is the potentially the biggest flood event mm-hmm. in known history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna let you sit on what that is. Think about it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Annie and I will catch you on the next episode. We will. Have a great month, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See you next month. See you next month. (laughs) (laughs) I know it kind of seems a little bit weird that we're, that it seems like a long space, but we, we both have a lot on our plate. We both had to, had a lot of changes. So Mm -hmm. we got to adapt. Yep. But we will make sure that they are good quality episodes and we will be more consistent. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I was waiting for you to do that. Oh, bye.